Hi, I'm Juan Galloway. And I'm Tracy Galloway. Welcome to our podcast, 36 Questions. This is an unscripted show where we candidly and spontaneously answer 36 questions that lead to love. These 36 questions were invented by psychologist Arthur Aaron, who created this exercise to help people be vulnerable in order to foster closeness and intimacy. We have been married since 1992 and have four awesome grown children together. We have both been in Christian leadership for over 30 years. We have been youth pastors, church planters, lead pastors, ministry school directors, nonprofit leaders, and are now missionaries. Yes, we are missionaries with youth with a mission. YWAM, the largest missions organization in the world, and are following our call to know God and make him known to the nations. You know, our hope is that as we dig deep into each other's lives, that you will be inspired to do the same. Let's dive in. It's been a long time, but we're back. You don't know it's been a long time. But we know it's been a long time because we have not recorded in December, January, February, March, like four months. And our listeners have been really, they've been suffering because <laughs> they're like, when is the new episode coming out? What is happening? <laughs> yes. So this is exciting. Uh, we are on a new location. Yes. Yes. We're on location on the other side of the world. We the, really are. The South Pacific. In the South Pacific. We are in Hawaii. Hawaii. The island of Hawaii. Hawaii. Kona. Yes. And uh, we've been here for three, almost three months. Yeah, three months. And we are leaving today. Yeah. So we are literally sitting and recording with suitcases all around us, getting ready to leave for Mexico. Arriba, arriba, andale, andale, <laughs> Why are we living in Hawaii and going to Mexico? This is a good question. So on today's episode, even though we are going to answer uh, question number, I think, 21, 21 that we are on, we are going to take a moment in time to update you on what's happening in the Galloway family. And the reason why is because God is up to something and it's pretty spectacular and we just know that you would want to know. Yeah, so here's the big scoop. Drum roll. Bam. <laughs> we Crash. are now, hello, missionaries. Yeah. Full time. We are. We're missionaries. A pretty incredible organization, which we've known of our entire lives. Yeah. In fact, the story goes, if you want to go all the way back to when I was a teenager, I was, I think, 16 or 17 years old, and my friend gave me what's called a go manual. It's a little book that had each page, this is before the internet people. Yeah, so kids, if you don't know what she's talking about, it's like the internet, but it's it's bound and written on paper. Yes. And you have to flip the, the things called pages. You have to use your finger. <laughs> Instead of scrolling down, you have to go, you know, right to left with yes. a piece of paper. You scroll, a scroll the pages. <laughs> so it was called the Go Manual, and each page was like a web page, like an ad or a post, uh, describing a different mission space around the world with youth with a mission youth with a mission better known as YWAM yeah baby yeah 
So it's no relation to the band Wham from the 1980s. None. Or the Y, which is a very popular exercise facility. Mm. So anyway, YWAM uh, started in the 1960s. It's been around a long time. So there was this book that it's someone gave me. 60 years old. Oh, yeah. It's 60 years old this wow. year. So, right. It's, it's pretty, pretty old for a youth movement. Been, they've been there and they've done that. So all the youth that started it are now, you know, retired. <laughs> but luckily, they've really kept it in with the youth. It's the founders it really have not young. retired. They're still in action today. They're here in Kona. Yeah, we've seen them. Yeah, we saw them both. So anyway, um, point being, uh, I was a teenager and there was this book called A Go Manual. It had a different page for every YWAM base around the world at that time, or many of them. And I would look through it, I'd dog ear it, I prayed over it, I cried over it, I hugged it, I slept with it, and I wanted to go to YWAM so, so, so bad. True story. But my parents, alas, said, no, you can't go join some weird organization in some other country. You're only 17 years old, you have to go to college. So, wah, 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 I went to school and studied theology and counseling instead. And, but my YWAM dream stayed alive in my heart. And so when we were youth pastors and pastors and everything we did, we always sent people to YWAM schools, to YWAM bases. We did missions with YWAM and where? All around, everywhere, right? Oh, my gosh. Uh, the most recently, we, we worked with YWAM in the slums and the prisons of the Philippines. Yeah, Dagupan, Philippines. Um, I've worked with them while well, we went to London, mm -hmm. worked with them there. In London. Uh, Colombia. Colombia. Really, all over the Mexico. world. Mexico. Mexico, yeah. Um, yeah, we, we've worked with them a lot. And two of our kids went on longer-term stays for like six months, and they did discipleship training schools. Yeah, Paris. Our son went to Paris, and then our daughter did some in America, in mm -hmm. uh, Virginia, and in L.A., and in Orlando, and went to Haiti. And so, yeah, so we're all about it. It's a great missions organization. And we have just... We're finishing, we just finished the lecture phase of our own discipleship training school called Crossroads. Well, what's a discipleship training school? That's a great question. I didn't know myself till I actually came and was a student. Uh, it, it, you know, it sounds like a little Bible study group or something. It's not. It's intense. It's amazing. It's a deep dive into the heart of God and the presence of God. It's about... It's as far as you can go in like, let's just embrace everything God has for your life. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I'm not going to lie. I came in kind of like, ah, it'll probably be simple. It'll probably be basic. We were we were planning a sabbatical, actually, uh, when we were working outside of New York City. And we were supposed to go on sabbatical starting January 1st. Mm -hmm. And what happened was, instead of a sabbatical, we made a transition into a completely different life. A big, massive life transition. Yes. We we basically sold it all. Yeah. We're giving away. <laughs> giving away most of it. <laughs> the stuff, all the stuff we collected over the uh, 28 years of marriage. There's a lot of stuff. It was good stuff, but uh, it's gone now. Yeah, it's all gone. <laughs> well, we kept some books and some photo albums and all your guitars. Your guitars, yeah. Right. <laughs> and uh, our friend James Kohler is st storing that in his uh, attic. Thanks, Divine Energy. Thank you. And uh, so we are uh, footloose and fancy free living out of... Three suitcases, though we just bought a lot, another small one last night. So now I'll say four suitcases uh, with everything we have for the next year or two is in four suitcases. Yeah, so we, we came to Kona where YWAM has their largest base in the world called the University of the Nations. 
and it is an amazing campus uh, that will have anywhere from 600 to 1,000 students at a time training for a three-month school and then heading out for two months on the field to do... The missions field. The missions field. Not the soccer field. Yeah. (laughs) And I got to tell you, it's pretty crazy here. Everyone's really, 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 really in love with Jesus. And so... On fire. Yeah. So we've been living in a one-room dorm that has a microwave and a fridge. (laughs) Thank you, And we bought a coffee maker for 10 bucks. We had to have a coffee maker. So that's here. We have a bed and a a table and chairs, basically. And if you hear birds in the background, it's because one of our walls... You're not talking to the microphone now. You're looking out the window. Oh, sorry. (laughs) It's because one of our walls is kind of made of open glass slats. Mm -hmm. And so we're open to the outside all the time. I can see palm trees. And there's people everywhere and students everywhere. And they love to like play guitar and sing praise and worship everywhere. So you wake up in the morning and there's people singing and praise and worship. Or you walk down by the coffee shop and there's people singing and playing worship. People doing Bible study, reading the Bible out loud, talking about God. It's kind of like a monastery for charismatic Christians, I think, <laughs> is the best way to describe yeah, but, it. Yeah, but, you know, there's people from every church background here, too. It's which true. they're interdenominational on purpose since the beginning. And one of the cool things is most of this group, all these students, are in their 20s or, or 19 or and 18 up. 18 and 19, yeah. But... Uh, there's also families here with little kids running around everywhere. That's true. And on the other side of our uh, room is a playground. Mm-hmm. And so you might hear um, some screams in the background of kids playing or the swing squeaking. Right. They have an awesome tree house with, I mean, the coolest tree house ever. And a giant banyan tree. Yeah. Banyan tree. Look it up. Google it. It's really cool. So cool looking. Anyway, so we've been here and it's been a nice time to rest after a very difficult year. I say we were in New York City area from 9-11 through COVID first year. And so that was a good run. It really was. And we were faithful and we loved the Lord and we did everything he called us to do there. And then he released us to kind of go back to what we used to do when we were younger, which was work with young people and train up leaders in ministry. So we really feel like we're in our sweet spot. Yeah, now. we're going back to our roots. Evangelism, worship, preaching the gospel. It's awesome yeah. to go into the world. And uh, the group we were a part of was called Crossroads. Most of the DTSs or Discipleship Training Schools are for young people, but we were in one that was for people at a crossroads or major transition in their lives. So it was like perfect for us. It was for the older youth. Like, <laughs> I think our oldest student was 70. 70. Our youngest was 25. Yeah. Right. So, yes. But it was sort of like a family. It was so good. And we had great leaders, New Zealanders. And it's just been a really good place to be also during COVID because Hawaii is very safe with COVID. So that was a real reassuring it's thing. It's been nice. Especially for me after recovering from COVID, just to be in a safe place. And I love the multicultural aspect here. In our own class, we've got people from Norway. China, North Africa, um, Canada, Finland. I don't know if I've missed any. New Zealand. Yeah, there's people from all over the world on this campus. And uh, so it's not just Americans. And so the flavors uh, of people are just (laughs) so fun. Mm -hmm. A lot of Koreans. They have a Korean missionary training school here. So we have some friends that are coming over in a little bit. They may walk in on us. I have to say, the Koreans, these people, are the, they're on fire. They're going to the ends of the earth. They're unstoppable. And they're so brave. And so sweet. Wonderful people. So kind. Yeah. Really enjoyed getting to know many new Korean friends. Everyone here has been so nice. I think it's because I'm coming from the Northeast, where people can be a little bit rough around the edges sometimes. <laughs> Not everyone, but... 
just in the public square. We're here. Everyone's like, hey, bro. Well, we're in a warm climate culture now. <laughs> yeah. Hey, how you doing? <laughs> so Love it. that's the update. Um, I think what we want to say is that we're really thankful for all the years that we had mm. in the Northeast. God blessed everything. We so many friends. Put our hands to. And we're really thankful for all the blessings of God and uh, all the friends we made. And we'd love to stay in touch as we listen to the Lord's voice about where to go next. So we're just in Mexico for two months Mm -hmm. and uh, we're not sure we feel like God's calling us to travel around to different mission spaces around the world and train up young missionaries to be healthy, strong leaders. That's our plan. Yeah. And to reach those countries. Yeah. Reach those countries for Jesus. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Love on people, love on people. Well, so should we start the show? I think we already did, but yeah. You know, the normal show. The normal show. We should put a little ding-a-ling-ling in here to transition. Sounds good. Well, question 21 out of 36. It's what roles, Tracy, do love and affection play in your life? Okay. What roles do love... An affection play in my life? You know, this is an interesting question coming out of COVID, even though we're still kind of in it, uh, but been in COVID for a year now at this recording. And love and affection is something that's been so lacking for so many people as they've been sequestered, is that the right words? Sequestered yeah. In their homes. And Good vocabulary. I like thank that. You, thanks. I read a little bit. And... Most of their meetings or contacts are on Zoom or haven't been able to see their parents or grandparents. And usually a lot of your love and affection comes from your parents, your grandparents, your friends, your family, your church family, and haven't been able to do that, especially with affection. Yeah. I, I, yeah. Usually, like when we came to YWAM, uh, you would be shaking hands with everybody and then hugging everybody because, you know, you get to know them. And it's like, no, no, we were all hands off. Yeah. Six feet with masks. With masks. First. Yeah. We, and when we prayed for people, we'd put on our masks and like kind of hold our hand out in the air. Yeah. So love and affection is, is something that I think the whole world is longing for. Mm. And if there's a way to do that well, to reach people for Christ or to love on people, uh, that is, I think, the secret sauce to future ministry as we navigate this pandemic is how to love people well in the midst of not being able to necessarily hug people or for them to see your smile right if you have a mask on how important is it to you love and affection i guess that's the question okay personal question all right hmm i'm giving her a back rub right now (laughs) and this is going to help her remember how important it is i do like this I love back rubs. I'm speaking Tracy's love language Who right now. Who doesn't like a good back rub? I'm scratching Come her on. back. It's so good. Oh. All right. Um. So good. <laughs> we're speaking li- YWAM slang now. Yeah, we're, we're learning new terminology here. So good. Come on. Come on. That's what they say here. Yeah. Right. It's kind of like saying amen from the past. Right. That's the cool way to say amen. Yeah, we're cool now. Come on. <laughs> All right. Thank you, Cameron, for that new word so i don't know maybe you should answer because i'm not super affectionate or super loving man are you cold <laughs> am i i call mean, you the fridge you know it's not natural no, to me because i'm just not naturally well maybe i am 
I You're one of the friendliest people I know. I am? Yes. That's one of the reasons I married you. Hello. <sighs> think I wanted somebody like me? <laughs> no. <sighs> I wanted somebody who is really super nice like you. I don't know. I tend to be really nice and friendly, and but people always tend to like you. Yeah. When you look at me, you still have to talk in the microphone. Okay. But pe- people tend to like you, even though you tend to be kind of distant and cold. I don't know why. I think when I'm people are quiet, you're not cold. It's true. I think when people are quiet, people assume you're very deep and wise. I should be quiet more. <laughs> it's like that person's so mysterious and wise, <laughs> and they're just thinking their life do 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 in their mind. <laughs> like Homer Simpson. Yeah. Yeah, sometimes that's true. So keep that in mind. Well, it's not just about giving. What about receiving? How important is love and affection in your life? Hmm. Well, I I think I'm really, really, really blessed because I have you and you're very loving and affectionate. Thank you. Like more than most husbands. In fact, our marriage counselor said, Tracy, you are so lucky to have one. So many. This is Jackie talking. So many women just wish their husbands would give them love and attention and want to sit next to them. They just sit and watch football. They don't even talk to them. But your husband, he's so adoring. And I'm like, yeah, I know. Yeah. (laughs) Don't take me for granted. So So Juan likes to sit right next to me. And not just sit next to me. He likes to move the chair, like, really close if he can. If it's not bolted to the floor, he'll scoot it over. This is while we're in class. And hold my hand. But I hold your hand. I scratch your back and... So, Absolutely. Yeah. I, I, I like a, a love and attention. Who doesn't? I, I don't think anybody doesn't. You know what I do want to say about this, though, and then I'll, get, I'll hand it off to you so you can answer it. Okay. Um, I want to talk about something that's new that I've really come in close contact with while I've been here. And even though mm. I have, I'm, I'm, I'm blessed to have love and affection from a wonderful husband. You're a great husband, you. by the way. I have learned this whole new deep area of love and affection from God. Mm. And I think we're all like, yeah, I love God. He loves me. Are you affectionate with God? Is he affectionate with you? That feels a little uncomfortable normally. Like, well, what do you mean by that? I don't know. You know, I pray. But while I've been here, there's been this whole new level of understanding the father heart of God and how much he adores us and loves us and wants to pour out his affection mm. on us and his care. And I think one of the biggest lies that the world has today is people generally misrepresent who God is. And therefore, they don't like him. And the reason why they don't like him is they are thinking of a God that is not the God of the Bible. And, of course, I wouldn't like that God either, the one they come up with, the one that's angry or disappointed in them or all these negative feelings they have about themselves or their own family units or their own bad experiences. They put it on God. And that's not him. That's not who he is. And I would be so frustrated if I was God because I know how it feels when people misrepresent me, when people think something about me that just isn't true. Or think I'm judging them, and I'm not. Or think I'm angry at them, and I'm not. And I, and just being misrepresented or misinterpreted or misunderstood can be so difficult. And so I feel like the most misunderstood person in the universe is God. Because he's so loving, so kind, 
Well, so it's, it's been said that uh, God made man in his image, and then, and then man returned to the favor. They made God in their own image. Mm, yeah. And that's where the misrepresentation comes. Yeah, I think you're right. I think you're right. And though, though even though God is loving and kind, he's also true, and, and he is a judge, and there's truth, and truth is loving. It's like being a parent. If you're a parent of kids, and you're just loving all the time, and you don't train them, you don't discipline them. Yeah, the Lord only disciplines those he loves. Yeah, that's what the Bible says. And so you don't you don't guide them and you just love them. Like they, they really become, cr- you know, really spoiled brats, right? Rotten. Rotten. Rotten, rotten, rotten. And uh, so it's both and. It's both truth and love. Maybe that's the problem with Christians. <laughs> Maybe we're so hyper-graced out that we, we want to believe we can do whatever we want to do, and then we become rotten. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> I can do whatever I want to do. I'm American. Yeah. I have my rights. You know, I can say whatever I want to say, write whatever I want on Facebook. Yeah. It's like, really? That's what, that's what God said? I think a lot of Christianity has become, really, if you look at the of what's happening to some of it, it's becoming humanism, which is humanism is based on just making yourself God and whatever you want and making yourself happy. And we all know, or those that are, you know, following Jesus and following the word that if that were true, we wouldn't need Jesus at all. It it is empty. You can have lots of money, lots of success, lots of blessings, lots of, and still feel empty inside that really having a personal relationship with Jesus is the answer. I know we're talking about God a lot in this episode. It's probably because we've been super saturated we've been saturated in prayer and worship and bible study for three months so we are just overflowing with that um we'll try on the next episode to talk more about normal life but our normal life will be doing a missions trip in mexico so that'll be crazy too but let's let's have you answer the question i don't know if i answered it very well i i just that's i think we've confirmed you like love and affection yes i give you love and affection yes god gives you Love and affection. Right. And so uh, and we should be it's all good. Yeah. And I think it's good to receive it. Like receive it from you and give it back. Receive it from God and give it back to God. Right? Yeah. And the more we receive from God, the more we have to give out to other people. Right. But the more we see God as... Distant. Distant or... Mean. Powerless or judgmental. Jerk. Or I don't know. Then the more, you know, we guilt trip ourselves and the less capacity we have to embrace others. The more we distance ourselves from God, the more confusing our life becomes. Absolutely. And the more you draw close to God, the more everything becomes perfectly clear, not just for your own life, but who you are, your identity. Yeah, that's been a lot of what our Crossroads DTS has been about is your core identity. Because unless you get it from God, you're going to make it up or find it somewhere else in something else. Even Christians do this. Yeah, it's true. So we've been dialing in to what does the Bible say? What does God have to say about who you are? And so we're made in his image. And so everything good about God, we get to tap into too and enjoy. Well, I think the mistake a lot of people, if you're listening and you're in ministry, is is that we get I, our identity in our performance in ministry or in helping other people. Mm. If your identity is in uh, helping the homeless, but not in Jesus, 
it, it's a dead end street. If or, you're or rescuing uh, people, rescuing people, right? We talked about that a lot. We talked about being a victim, you know, identity and being a victim or being a rescuer or identity and performance with your job or identity and being a mom or, or dad. And then your kids grow up and leave. The, the only thing that stays the same in your life, no matter what, is God. And if he's and we're made in his image and he's your identity, then you won't ever lose your identity. Yeah. And it's not based on anything you've done. It's just is right. So we don't have confidence in ourselves, but in God. So anyway, so the question for you. Well, let's, for that, of course, we're going to pause for our, one of our most loved, beloved sections of our show, which is the Book of the Week. Book of the Week. So, of course, we've got to go with uh, a book that is not a new book. But it's a, there's been a revised version. Uh, it's it's a it's a book that's been read all over the world, and it's written by one of the founders of Youth of the Mission, and his name is Lauren Cunningham, and his wife Darlene. And we just read her book too. Maybe we'll feature that next time. Oh yeah, her book's next. But uh, the the title of the book, look this up on Amazon, is is that really you, God? And it tells the story of this uh, young man named Lauren Cunningham, who uh, he grew up in a Christian family of itinerant preachers and pastors. And his mom and dad, at one time, they even lived in like a, a shack and their furniture was made out of cardboard boxes. I mean, but you know what? They didn't feel poor. They were living the dream. They were they were they were just having the best family life ever, uh, no matter what the sacrifice. But he grew up in this rich environment where they just had a blast in ministry together. And as a young man, uh, college age, he went on a trip to uh, the Bahamas in a singing group and sharing the gospel or whatever. And basically he had this vision. He was looking at a map on the wall and God gave him a supernatural vision where he saw waves hitting the shores of every continent. And the waves were young people bringing the gospel to the nations. And at this time, if you wanted to do missions... You had to go through your denomination. Jump through a lot of hoops. You had to study for many, many, many years. Sometimes six or eight years. Until you're not a youth anymore. (laughs) Until you're not young anymore. You're old and married and have kids. And then they'll send you out. But they would even choose where you go. You didn't get to choose where you wanted to go. And it was it was very difficult was to a become a missionary. Neck. Yeah. And there was a lot of people like that wanted felt called by God to be missionaries and their denomination would say, No, you can't go. And they would turn them away. And so they go do something else. They go do something else and not be missionaries. So Lauren said there must be a way to allow young people to to taste and see with missions, to mm. do having a missions experience and to help people in developing countries and countries around the world. And so he created with his wife, Darlene, this wonderful organization called Youth with a Mission and also University of the Nations where people are trained to do ministry. Now... Uh, they have 1,100 bases. They have 18,000 staff. and They've trained millions of people. Millions of people like have gone through. I forget how many million. Four million? Or, uh, something, something like that. Uh, yeah. And, yeah. And many of these young people don't become full-time missionaries. They come and get, they find their identity in God. They get trained up. They go out and serve God and tell people. And then 
a lot of them do go back to college and they go back to their careers, but they're changed and transformed. Right. They're, they're, they're solid in the Lord for the rest of their life, hopefully. Yeah. So, yes. So the book is about that story has lots of great stories in oh, it. Man. Miracle stories. Lots of good lessons in it. So I highly recommend it. It's a quick read. It's a fun read. Really fun. So it's called, Is That Really You, God? Question mark by Lauren Cunningham. Yeah, gra- grab grab your copy. I've got, uh, we've got two copies. Well, we just gave them away. Oh, yeah. We give everything away now. Well. Got to travel light. Yeah, we, it's too heavy <laughs> to fit in our bags. Though I do have one small bag of books that I'm rolling around and Juan doesn't like it. <laughs> He's like, stop that. So I told him for my birthday he needs to get me a Kindle so I can have my Time books on Time to go digital. Kindle. Yeah, because having a small suitcase full of books is probably not a good idea. <laughs> probably. Yeah, so check check out the book. I think you'll enjoy it. Hearing this uh, story of how it all started. This, like I said, the largest one in the world. Order it on Amazon. Okay. Now it's my turn to answer this question. Okay, let me read it to you. What roles do love and affection play uh, in your I life. I am so glad you asked me this. This is my love language. And I think, guys, I think you know what I'm talking about. You know, <laughs> I knew. What are you saying? I'm saying when I met Tracy at 16 and she was 13, I was like, there's a girl I'd like to snuggle up with. <laughs> She's so cute. And uh, oh Lord, when we... Um, I th- I think I wanted to get married when I was like 19 and Tracy was, you know, still young. <laughs> uh, so we got married when she was 19 and I was 22. Yes. <clears throat> but I always knew I needed a partner in life. I needed somebody uh, to serve God together with. And you were the perfect one for me. And I, th- I think, you know, with the five love languages, if you don't know what that is, wh- what rock have you been hiding under? But, um, you know, there's, there's lots of ways people like to receive love and we all do, you know, people coming alongside us and helping us quality time. I forget what the other ones are, but one of them is physical touch. And I, I think physical touch is a, is a, is a big one. You know, Jesus was physically touching people. That's true. You know, if you watch the chosen, oh, we came back to the chosen again. Uh, he was, you know, holding kids. He was playing with, uh, dancing, you know, and they were arms locked together, uh, dancing in circles at a wedding. Find it on YouTube. Yeah, it's so so good. So, I mean, there's something powerful. And I guess that's what's been robbed for a lot of people during, well, she's singles during the pandemic is oh, physical touch. I feel touch. so bad for the singles during pandemic. Yeah. So, but I'm, I mean, I'm so glad that I was, especially in 2020, I was with some of my kids and I could give them a hug mm-hmm. and you and just to to have human contact and to have someone who really cares about you mm. and really is there for you and you know whatever goes down in life i can get through anything i can get through a pandemic i can get through uh, a transition a life change a job change i can get through anything because my partner is here with me she'll always have my back she'll never you know do we have problems like every person do we have little silly tiffs especially when you live in one room for three months yeah of course we do and you like to play guitar for three hours yeah it does happen yeah so you know and 
are some people a little cranky in the morning before they've had their coffee? Yes, I am. <laughs> but so what? You know, in the long run, it's like we're on each other's team. And I think love and affection and having that, you know, is, you know, in a married couple, especially in a lot of what we talk about is marriage stuff on this show. But that's it, it's like the, you know, the glue that holds um, marriages together is that ability to be physical to have affection, you know, to be one. It's so true. And it's too bad that uh, not enough married couples who've been married for a long time are showing each other physical affection just in public, at home. They don't even talk when they go to the <laughs> eat restaurant. <laughs> I mean, you've been around each other so long. Yeah. But people say that we're like the newlyweds of Crossroads or <laughs> something because we're always rubbing each other to holding hands. Like we're on honeymoon. <laughs> like we're on honeymoon. But I think it's 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 not that we're like, oh, we're so in love. We just have to can't keep our hands off of each other. Well, that's true for me. It's, it's, it's that we know that when we hold hands or that when we kiss or when we rub each other's shoulders, that that's what makes our marriage good and that's what makes our life good. And it's, it's nothing but a choice. You choose to hold hands. You choose to kiss your husband in the morning or when he gets home or at night. You choose, you're laying in bed on your phone or whatever you're doing, you choose to put it down and go over and snuggle and, and hug. That, it's a choice. And, and the choice is so easy because it just makes life so much better. And it makes your marriage so much better. So why not, right? Yeah, it's like Netflix and chill. It's a good thing. <laughs> God created it. He wants us to be close. Yeah. And, you know, marriage just represents ultimately our relationship with God. <laughs> We're the bride of Christ, right? The bridegroom is, right. is God. And, uh, you know, he wants us to be close. And he's an affectionate God. Well, I want to say something here for women. I don't, I don't know what your marriage is like. I don't know what your husband's like. I don't know what your situation's like. And, uh, you know, I pray that God would give you wisdom in your circumstance and situation. But I'll tell you what I've done for the over 30 years we've been married is I don't say no. The only time I've said no is if like, I'm so sick, I have to vomit <laughs> or my head hurts so bad that I'm crying in pain. But even then, like, I just don't say no because I mean, I might say no to some things, but I don't say no. And, and I, I think too many women say no all the time. It's a good life. And I, someone told me something that was so useful to me. They said that you're the only one who can provide this for your husband. You're it. And if you're not going to provide it, something else online or somewhere else will. It's it, This is your job as your wife to provide this. And what a husband. job it is. <laughs> Back to work. <laughs> Back girls. to the salt mines. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, oh. Anyway, yeah. So, I mean, but for me, it's not so bad. Some men are like, I don't know multiple times a day. I don't know. For you, it's... I'll, I'll, I'll stop talking I think talking that's in now, their 20s. In case our kids are listening. I think that's when you're in your 20s, yeah. <laughs> now we're just tired. No, like, you know. Oh, I got a cramp in my leg. <laughs> I'm too tired. <laughs> it's usually you. <laughs> so, anyway, that's enough of that. So, so for you, physical touch is your love language. Like every man on earth, usually. Some women. Yeah. Yeah. So if they're not getting, if your husband's not getting physical touch, he may not feel loved. Mm. 
Yeah. And do you want your husband to not feel loved? That's yeah. the question, right? Yeah. Why are we not speaking our spouses or our friends, whatever, love, love language? language? Yeah. If that's what they need from us. Yeah. You know, it's like. It's not that hard. Yeah. Jesus came to earth to become human, to become like us, to love us. Right. That's why he came. <laughs> we needed, We needed to be loved and. He came to speak all of our love languages. And what's my love language? Test. Come on, you know it. Back rubs? That is really great, but no. Podcast recording? I do love that, but no, you know it. You always do it every day. What's my love language? Okay, I'll help you out. It starts with acts. Acts. Acts of service? Yes. You know that, don't you? Well, I'm doing acts of service all the time. You do. You do the dishes. You take out the trash. You're helping me with things all the time. And I that, make the coffee? Yeah, you make coffee and put it in my hand every morning and at 2 o'clock, respectively. And, and guys, listen to this. Loved. You may think one can't be that great. I packed Tracy's bag yesterday for our trip to Mexico. <laughs> he did pack it. I rolled up every item of her clothing, clothing, which is gauzy, thin, you know, women's clothing. I call it hot dogging the clothes to make it all fit. Yeah. And I'm, I'm like, wow, I'm packing her. Who has more stuff? It's always the woman. <laughs> I'm like, I'm packing and packing. My back's hurting. But honestly, I looked over at her with a pile of papers paying the bills. And I was like, I would rather do this every time. Yeah. I was taking care of bills, <laughs> which there are so many. <laughs> well, we're doing it from a remote location of the South Pacific. You yeah. Know. Anyway. Yeah. So, but that's, you and take God has provided just enough. Like we have just enough to make it so far. We were down to our last 50 bucks before our house, our house sold. <laughs> <laughs> like okay, we're on our last fifty. Yeah, I don't bucks. know if we said that. Our house sold this week. Yeah, on our Thursday house it closed. Sold. Goodbye, barn. Goodbye, house. Goodbye, view. We had lovely memories there. Yeah, good times. Yeah, good memories. Now we're we're blowing in the wind. That's right. Like a dandelion, God blows on, and we're just floating to wherever He has us land, and wherever we land, we're gonna multiply. That's right. And uh, we're vision. just going to put that house money in a savings account for one day. We'll be, be able to get another house somewhere else. Maybe in another country. Who Maybe knows? another country. So until then, we're going to raise missionary support. So far, we have one monthly supporter and two people who gave a gift to help us go to Mexico. That was nice. That's the alarm for the laundry. Oh, okay. We got to get our laundry at the yeah. laundry mat. Yeah. So uh, we're trusting God. You know, we don't I'm need a lot worried. of stuff. No. Right? No, we live on almost nothing. So. I mean, it was nice. It was fun stuff. It was good stuff. Yeah. But. Uh, it's. I'm shocked. More to life. I'm shocked at how little we need to be happy. Yeah. Like how little amount of clothing I need. I There's a, a verse in the Bible that talks about uh, when you go to. I don't know, to serve Jesus, and you go out. I forget. I should know this, but it's early here, people. So to not take anything with you, like a cloak and a staff. All right. You know, one pair of 
clothing. And I was like, well, I can't just have one pair of clothing. People will think I'm crazy. Like John the Baptist, I'll be smelly. <laughs> That's not going to work. <laughs> but I can pare down to like 10 outfits. And I brought one pair of, sh- well, I brought two pairs of shoes in case I went somewhere winter, but I gave away the winter pair since we're not going anywhere winter. And I have one pair of flip flops. So that's my kind of like dedication to God is say, okay, I have one pair of shoes. I, it's just a pair of flip flops and that wherever I go, it's plenty and it's a black pair of flip flops and all my clothes are black. So mostly, so it matches everything. And if we go to Norway or somewhere, we need some snow boots. We'll just get them then. I guess. Yeah. Yeah. So just having so little has been really a blessing uh, people might say, oh, you're so holy because <laughs> women love their shoes, you know. <laughs> well, it's freeing, but I will tell you, it's a big adjustment. This didn't happen like flipping a switch. No. We've been here three months, but at first we're kind of like staring at the walls and like, whoa, what have we done? Week two, I was crying my eyes out saying, I want to go home. <laughs> I just want to go home. But there's no home to go to. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, we've had our moments. We're not perfect. But it's all, you know, when you look back on it now, the ups and the downs and uh, letting things go. And, and uh, we did trauma therapy mm. for, for two months uh, because of all the trauma through COVID and me almost dying and everything and all the life changes. Uh, I'm feeling pretty good. How are you doing? I'm feeling good. I, you know, it, it's, a, it's a weird we're living a new lifestyle where it's not like grinding out a nine to five or longer everyday job, but we're, 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 we're going out to work on the mission field and we're entering cultures. We don't understand. We don't know. We don't speak the language, but we believe God can use us anyway to, to bless the people of whatever nation and country. And so that's, it takes a level of flexibility that's it's it's woo, it's really high the mm. level of flexibility we have to have and so that's an adjustment too but um you know we believe god gives us the grace to mm. i mean he sent all the disciples out he sent paul out right right this is, we're just following the model of the early church we're going without with the gospel to love people and uh it's a different lifestyle but it's a good one. It is good. And we're surrounded by so many young people at Youth with a Mission. There's this, uh, someone gave me a word that I was like a Deborah. And in the Old Testament, Deborah is someone who would sit under a palm tree and she would help give advice and wisdom to people and mm-hmm. even to the leader of the army uh, for going to war and everything. And so I felt like that really resonated with me. And there's this place called the Banyan Tree Cafe here at University of Nations. And I sit there under the big Banyan Tree and one by one, I have young men and women come and sit with me and talk about their dif- their challenges with staffing here, or with working here, or with or with being students here. Their 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 challenges with the Lord, their hurts, their difficulties, their their victories. And I sit and listen and talk to them and pray with them and give them words that I feel like are from the Lord. And so I feel like that uh, word of being a Deborah is just manifested itself so Mm. sweetly here on this campus. And I'm so thankful. I could just do that all day, every day. Well, and we've had this word of becoming um, spiritual fathers and mothers, you know, a spiritual father and mother. And so we've had people in our room here that we've listened to their hearts. We've prayed over them and it's, they, they need, they need people who are seasoned, right? 
to, to show them it's going to be okay. God has got this. Give You're going to make wisdom it. wisdom and encouragement and pray over them. Yeah, it's been great. So it's nice to be able to pour into people who are like, here I am, Lord, send me. Mm-hmm. And, and they're so open to God. And so you know they're going to do amazing things for God around the world. And the fact that we get to pour into them and encourage them is really awesome. I'm so thankful. So I love it. Yeah, they are fired up. You ought to see our worship times. They are bouncing off the walls, these young people (laughs) in love with Jesus. They are. Dancing, flags. That is awesome. Yeah. Uh, We highly recommend Crossroads program if you are 25 or older and you're in a crossroads in life. Uh, there's ones at all the different bases around the world. We were actually going to go to the one in New Zealand until we found out the borders were closed and we ended up here in Kona. It was the only one available. But for us, as soon as things open up, uh, there'll be ones all around the world to attend. And we highly, highly, highly recommend it. If you've just gone through a divorce, if you've uh, gone through a job change, if you are in transition in any way, it is so life-giving. And mm-hmm. I feel like I have 30 new best friends here. <laughs> really. Totally. They're all sweet and awesome. So thankful. Yeah, it's a rich environment and culture. Right. It's like going to Holy Ghost, summer camp, boot camp, <laughs> all wrapped up together. It's funny because my favorite place in the world to always be is on a missions trip or at summer camp. And I feel like that's exactly where we are living our life now. But we do have to close up because in a few minutes our Korean friends are coming over. Borum and Kihon are coming over because we're going to be giving them our table and our bed from our room since we're we're flying out today. So, uh, gotta go. Lightening our load a little more. (laughs) Gotta go. So, pray for us while we're in Mexico. Yes. Pray that we wouldn't get COVID or our team. Yes. And that we'd have a lot of favor and breakthroughs right. uh, in this wonderful country with these wonderful people. Right. Pray for our kids as, you know, it's not easy selling the family home. Uh, they're all living in different states now. Pennsylvania, Ohio. Come on in. Virginia. In. Uh, Virginia and California. Come on in. No, come in. It's okay. Yeah. You can say hi. Come here. Come on in. This is our, our friend Keon. And we want you to say hi. Say hi. You're on our pod- podcast. Hello. Hello, everyone. <laughs> where, where are you from? I'm from South Korea. Yes. And what is God calling you to do here? Uh, to make a, uh, disciples, to send the missionaries to the nations. Yeah. He's awesome. And his wife and his the cutest two little girls in the whole world yes so <laughs> anyway we got to go but it's been great and aloha aloha goodbye hawaii. hawaii and we'll record our next episode from mexico gracias amigos adios hasta la vista baby